0: Welcome to the Courage 1000 Project, where each week we bring you inspiring stories from courageous individuals about the moments and experiences that have shaped their lives. I'm your host, Mellie S. the Story Collector, author, speaker, trainer, facilitator, videographer, award-winning photographer and entrepreneur. And I'm on a mission to help deep-feeling women reclaim their confidence, joy and purpose in life from a world that overwhelms their hearts, minds and souls. And this journey... It starts with courage. You see, after a lifelong struggle with my own identity, I discovered the core principle to reclaiming your life was courage. And it made me curious. Were there others like me? Were there others who had reclaimed their life through the secret of courage? What was courage for them? What did it look like? And where were their stories? And with that, the Courage 1000 Project was born. We're digging up the archives and bringing to you season one of the Courage 1000 project. Originally a web TV show and now available across all your favourite platforms. Let's get into it. Welcome to Meliast the Story Collector web TV where each week we bring you inspiring stories from courageous individuals about the moments and experiences that have shaped their lives. In this episode, we get to talk with the beautiful Linda who shares with us how trauma affected her life but also put her on the path to helping others heal their trauma.
1: I guess what I'd like to share is um, about taking it that imperfect action and, um, even if it's scary, even if it's, um, a bit messy, just to take the action instead of, you know, you don't want to be on your deathbed thinking, I wish I'd done that. You know, I guess yeah. that's
0: why. Yeah. And there's so many people who hold themselves back because of that perfectionism.
1: Yes. Yes. And it's not a helpful thing often.
0: <laughs> no, no. It just puts you into a really bad state where you're constantly going over and over the same thing because it's yeah. not good enough. Yep.
1: Right. Yeah, that's right.
0: So, what story would you like to share with us around this imperfection?
1: So, recently, I launched the Truth About Trauma TV, which is a video um, channel on YouTube. And I'm naturally an introvert, although some people who know me might think that's not quite right. But I am really quite introverted. I could go and sit quietly for a weeks on end, and you know, not talk to anybody. That would be okay with me. But I've um, had this calling to actually um do my part in the world to eliminate all unnecessary trauma because i'm a trauma therapist and it's just come out of my work in my clinic and i could as an introvert sit in my business and hide away and just see one client at a time and i could i could do that but i have this real drive within me to make a difference in the world and i think it can be changed simply through education and training And all these little things come up in my mind about, oh, there's big organisations that do this work, you know, you don't need to do this work. All this sort of stuff comes up. So I battle these little inner uh, voices that challenge me stepping out and sharing with the world what I have to share. So I have to keep coming back to that point that I do have something to offer and that it might be the piece that means something to that one person or 100
0: people or whatever number of people. Exactly, exactly. And it's certain people resonate with other people. So there's going to be people who are drawn to you who are not necessarily drawn to like the larger companies. That's right. Yes.
1: And I guess I stand in a place of, and it's taken me a long time to get here of, um, having the, the lived experience of my trauma, my own trauma, going through my own trauma recovery and then being able to use the story without being angry, blaming or, you know, just, um, not settled within myself around you know what happened. So I feel that having that that story of my child being diagnosed with cancer when she was six months old, then losing her sight at three from that disease, well the treatment of the disease, but my experiences in the in the medical system and um, I didn't know at the time, but they were actually traumatizing experiences that were unnecessary, and the same through the education system. I didn't know at the time, but they, were, they kept touching on my trauma or triggering my trauma and I didn't know it. And, um, you know, now that I can see that, I want to be able to educate people that are in these fields that are creating this trauma without knowing it and giving them the tools to be able to do that differently for the people that they service or they provide a service to as well as themselves because it's through their own trauma and their own inability to face often what they're seeing day in and day out that um, uh, provokes the behaviour that that is trauma-causing or trauma-triggering.
0: And what sort of behaviours would they exhibit them if they are being triggered from a trauma?
1: Well, one of the stories that I use is around when my daughter was first um, diagnosed, we had to go to the kids' hospital in Camberdown in Sydney, and she had to have this test where they put a dye in her system and then she had to have this scan to see where the cancer had actually gone in her body. And um, my husband and I were looking at a screen. We were sort of a distance away from her. She screamed the whole time, red-faced, this six-and-a-half-month-old, seven-month-old baby on this great big long cold metal table strapped down horrific really that whole that in itself is horrific yeah that would have been horrible especially at that um, age yeah So little and you know I couldn't get to her like my milk was letting down I couldn't do anything and she's screaming and I'm feeling horrible and everything like that it was just it was just one of those horrible horrible experiences you wouldn't wish on anyone and there was a nurse on either side of her and my husband and I were looking at this uh, like a TV monitor thing and it showed her, like her body and it had all these little white dots all through, the, through her body. And I just turned to my husband and said, oh, my God, it's all through it. So we're standing there trying to make meaning of this thing, but we, we're not medical people. We wouldn't have a clue. So that's what I thought, but it wasn't the case. That wasn't what was happening. But that's where we were left, you know, on our own and to assume that this is what's going on. And then the nurses were on either side of her and they were talking about her their weekend. And, I, like, if there was ever a time in my life where I was going to hit someone, it was that day. I just wanted to go over and just punch them.
0: Because,
1: like, you know, here's my little seven-month-old screaming and screaming like, you know, that red face screaming? And she did it for the whole time that she was tied up there. And the nurses are talking about their weekend. But what I see now happening is that they're totally disconnected and shut down. And if I think about it now from this place that I am now, having to do that job where they see so many little children suffering, I can get how they do that. So what it says to me is that they don't actually have the support they need to be able to be present with the suffering that they witness day in and day out. So that's the sort of thing that I'm talking about where people need to look after themselves so they don't get vicarious trauma
0: from witnessing trauma regularly. And it would come up quite a lot for them in their job. And after a while, they would just have to disconnect because the pain of dealing with this multiple times would just pile up on them.
1: But it's interesting, you know, because I remember when we first went in, I was sitting there, and I know it's the flight response now that I was experienced. I was sitting outside the oncology ward at the kids' hospital, and I said to my husband, what's oncology? Oh, look, even though I knew she had cancer and all of it, it just didn't click. Like your brain, when you've got trauma brain, things just don't, go in. And um, anyway, we're just going, we don't even know what it is anyway. And this nurse came through the ward doors, red hair, really white skin, big red lipstick and this beaming smile. And it sort of didn't equate with the situation that I was in because all I wanted to do was just take my baby and run. I didn't know where I was going. I just wanted to get the hell out of there. And um, she came over and she sat next to me. I'll never forget her name. Her name was Chrissy. And I'll never forget how she looked. And she just gave me a big hug. And in that, I just knew that I would be okay, that I could do this. I had it covered. So it's like I have an experience like that and I have probably a handful of those type of experiences where people seem to have a different way of coping and they can be present. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I have many, many more of like the nurses, you know, standing on either side talking about their weekend and just totally disconnected from what they're doing. So there's something in some people that have the resilience or the ability to be present but not take it on and people who don't feel supported and don't know what else to do except shut down.
0: That hit me hard, just thinking of that nurse sitting there and just hugging, knowing Uh that she can't do anything else. Like, that's huge. Yeah, and that's all it took. It took that. For me,
1: because her nervous system, I know now, her nervous system was calm and my nervous system regulated to hers. Mm -hmm. So that's what actually happened in that process. And that gave me then the strength to know I can take the next step. I can do this. I've got it in me. I can do this.
0: Yeah. And imagine every single person that you met during that process had that same response for you, you would have felt so much more at ease the whole way through. Yes. Absolutely. And
1: it would have been less traumatizing than it was. Um, but, you know, that's that. I guess without that experience, I wouldn't be sitting here today acknowledging that and having this calling to make things different in the world just through letting people know that they, there are different ways of um, being with people who are in trauma. Yeah? Yeah. You have to recognize your own trauma first because, you know, trauma is a part of living this life. We can't avoid it. It's what we do with it and are we supported enough so it's not a problem in our lives. So may I ask what happened with your daughter then? Yes, she was totally blind by the time she was three, but she's an adult now and she's done horse training. She's done. She's represented Australia in a sport called goalball, which is for blind and vision-impaired people. She's done lots and lots of things, but definitely has her struggles, particularly around finding um, gainful employment. It seems like it's very difficult to get that opportunity as a visually impaired person to be able to work and have a career that's been, without being the token disabled person in the, you know, office, you know, that's what she's really looked for and hasn't been able to find.
0: That's interesting because you think that society is so inclusive of those that are that don't have the same abilities, but where, if you're blind, how are you meant to operate a computer? How are you meant to do your job? She can do all of that. She can do all that. She's got speech. She can do all that. She's very accurate quite
1: capable. Yeah. It's just that she hasn't been able to find that gainful employment. I think we've set up a little bit around uh, focusing on the lack of ability rather than the skills that mm. people with um, disabilities have. I think it's round the wrong way. Yes, yes.
0: That's, That's actually
1: people, a big point. Yes, and we also feel what we found is that um, you know people like to do things for people who've got disabilities and things like that. So it creates this bigger than, smaller than type Scenario where the person who's doing the great thing, which is good But it doesn't allow the person with disability to be on equal standing Yeah, sense? what I said
0: So really you would just take the simple do you need help with that mm-hmm. and leaving it at that?
1: Yeah, or acknowledging what that person already has their own wisdom and their own skills And I mean, I would not be able to do what she does if I couldn't see I'm sure of it I would want to sit in a corner and rock Fair yep. income because it would be horrible to lose my sight. Yep. So, and I've tried playing the sport that she's played and I have to cheat. I say, I have to cheat, I can't find the ball. You know, it's like, just, yep. <laughs> yeah, well, i not good at it.
0: <laughs> so has that trauma then from when she was six months old come up through her life?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. And the whole family, like you can't, that can't not have such a significant impact. And because I was traumatised as a mother, I wasn't available to my child either or my other children properly. So it's like that has its own flow on effect. So until I was able to acknowledge that I had this trauma, I knew what to do with it. um, I wasn't able to, you know, be fully available and support my kids through their trauma. But once I did my own trauma work, then I'm able to, but they're adults, I've missed that opportunity when they're young. But still, through you know, the grandchildren and you know, adult children, I can still do that work.
0: So That's why you are so passionate then about helping others understand this. Absolutely. And it really
1: is exciting for me when young people deal with their traumas. And also, the, um, I do this work called Systemic Constellation Work. And it's about generationally what's passed down through the generations. And we also have like, collective cultural trauma in all of us. So we don't even look at those types of things, that, how that might be in our way. So, you know, it's very interesting when you open it up to that bigger field and look at other ways that you might be impacted in the way that you are in the world and how you can heal that.
0: Mm, that's a really good point, that generational trauma that's passed down and just that feeling yeah. that there's something wrong but you've yes. never experienced anything in your own lifetime. That's
1: right, where you carry for the system, so whatever, however it's showing up, whether it's dysfunctional or not dysfunctional, however it's showing up, it's like, what does that do? The question I ask is, what does that do for that system? And then what's the healing path for that system? Interesting. I like it. That could be a whole other video. I love it. It's great great work. It really is amazing. And so many deep insights come from that work. I love
0: it. Yes. Oh, we'll talk again about that soon, very soon. (laughs) Now, the final question I always like to ask is what does courage mean to you? Because you've been through a lot through your own journey. So yeah. where did courage really pop up for you and what does it mean for you now?
1: So I think I've always recognised, even as a younger child, that I was quite spiritual and that doesn't mean that I was hooked into any particular dogma. But I I found that that was very important to me and even sitting in nature or going sitting down the bottom paddock with all the horses and the goats, you know, that is really nourishing to my soul. So finding those things where um, apart from like alcohol and cigarettes, which is what I used to do, because that's what I know and that's very um, generational in my family. So when I learned that I didn't need that, I had other resources, then I was able to hook into those resources. But it's about, I don't know, there's always been this knowing I never had to ask why me, it was more like, why not me? So it's like, I know that there's a bigger picture. I've always had that sort of in me. And I guess the courage to do it comes from the connection to that spirituality, um, so I don't feel like I'm on my own.
0: If you are feeling stuck and overwhelmed right now and are struggling to find your courage, jump over to melies.com.au to claim your free personalized insights and discover the three things you need to know to reclaim confidence, joy and purpose in your life.